We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is 9.07. We have several guests in studio today. Bobby Bostic is one of them. He was just 16 when he, along with an 18-year-old, robbed a group of people at gunpoint and then robbed a woman in her car. That was in December of 1995. The pair were caught later that day. We'll also be joined by the judge who sentenced Bobby to 241 years in prison for robbery, attempted robbery, armed criminal action, assault, and kidnapping. He became the juvenile to get the long longest sentence in Missouri for a non-homicide offense. Judge Evelyn Baker, now retired, also worked to get him released. And she'll be joining us in just a moment. We are also joined in studio by James Ingram, who works with the Prison Reentry Program with the Community Action Agency of St. Louis County. He is also an award-winning columnist, I would add, with the St. Louis American Newspaper. Uh, welcome to you both, and we're trying to get Judge Baker up here. Yes, ma'am. But yes, ma'am. She, she's, she is in the vicinity, so we'll have her in shortly. Um, Bobby, it is, uh, it's great to meet you. Great to have you in studio. Uh, Even after the Supreme Court ruled in 2010 that it was unconstitutional to sentence those under 18 to life in prison for a non-homicidal charge, it didn't include you at that time because you weren't sentenced to life in prison. Uh, Were you following that case then? And and how did you remain hopeful in prison that one day you'd be out? Uh, I remain hopeful because I went to the law library every day and at least once a month or I say every other week I see another state that was applying Graham versus Florida to sentences like mine. So in the end, it was like 45 states that applied it. At about at about 17, about 45 states had applied it to consecutive sentences like mine. So I felt like maybe it was a matter of time before Missouri and other four states came around. Bobby, uh, the ACLU appealed your case in 2017. Uh, Governor Parson granted you clemency in 2020. You were released last November. My question to you is, what's the first thing that you did? Uh, real quick, as an error, uh, Governor, Governor Parsons never uh, granted me clemency. It's still pending. Okay. Uh, the legislature changed the law and passed what was called the Bobby Bossy Law, where they allow anybody who was under 18, they get over 15 years to go see the parole board after serving 15 years. And I had already served 26 years. And when I went to see the parole board, they gave me a year out date. So as we sit here now, I still got the same sentence of 241 years. I'm just on parole with the same sentence. Uh, the first thing I did when I got out was went to see my mother, her grave, because she had passed away back in 2000. So she was my biggest supporter, my biggest fan, and she believed that I was going to get free. So my, the first thing I did was went to her grave to see her. Uh, thank you for that clarification. What was that like? What was that moment like for you? Oh, it was It was surreal, you know, like fighting so long. I always believed I was going to get free. 
uh, that that moment of walking out was just is is indescribable. Um, it can't be explained in words how I felt uh, when my family's out there knowing that I was free. It was it was a a burden. Do you think you deserve clemency? Y- yeah. In other words, uh, because right now I'm still on parole for 241 years, any mistake can send me back to prison to serve out the remainder of that sentence. So, uh, yeah, I think I deserve clemency in the sense of um, I have changed, rehabilitated myself, and everybody here have said that the sentence was unjust. So, But the sentence, it hasn't been correct, but it's up to me to just stay out here and be free. So right now I just remain with the same sentence on parole. And as we mentioned, Judge Evelyn Baker, who is the one who sentenced you, also one who fought for your release, uh, is on her way. Um, what was your – when did you first communicate and did you ever with her and to say to her this was wrong? Is that the way that that happened? Did you say to her, did others bring her in to this fight to get you out? Yeah, what happened was when the, when the ACLU finally came along on my case – um, it, uh, the, it went national, international press, and national, international national media kept contacting her, asking her how does she feel about the sentence, and, and then eventually she was reading newspaper articles about the things I had done with my life, college degrees, wrote books, and all that, and she was like, okay, she reached out to the lawyers like, this is not the same young man that I sentenced. Um, he, he deserved a second chance, and then she started advocating for my release. So it was it was that type of process. And again, we're joined in studio by James Ingram. James, again, thank you for being with us. So tell us about the Community Action Agency and uh, of St. Louis County, how you're working with Bobby. Thank you, and thank you for having me. So the uh, Community Action Agency of St. Louis County has a very vibrant uh, reentry and employment and entrepreneurship program. And uh, one of the graduates of that program reached out to me about Bobby Bostic, and he reached back out to us. And... Uh, we we welcome the opportunity to work with Bobby because he is a classic example of what successful reentry looks like. Uh, he's a voracious reader. Obviously, he's written books. Uh, he didn't use his time negatively. He used it. He didn't become uh, bitter. He became better uh, in the sense of a, of a Malcolm X who read voraciously. Uh, and uh, he's been uh, since he's been out, he's been giving back. And uh, in talking to him. He said his passion was to be a public speaker and to spread his story, which is entrepreneurial by nature. He can sell, and I was speaking to him, you can sell books, you can go out on the lecture circuit, maybe speak at some law schools. Uh, and uh, he was front and center at our entrepreneurship cohort on last uh, Wednesday night, right there on the front row. And so he's very passionate about what he does. And uh, we have myriad programs and things that we've been uh, connecting him with and uh, we look forward to uh, 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 even further success from Bobby. So, uh, if you know, I would say this, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, if anyone is out here and they're listening to this story and they have someone in their family or they released themselves and they want an opportunity at a second chance, uh, you can reach out to Community Action Agency at 314-446-4431, uh, and we will uh, certainly help you. Reentry usually is unsuccessful. The recidivism rate is so high uh, generally speaking, mm-hmm. how do, how have you been able to turn that around? How has the Community Action Agency of St. Louis County been able to turn those numbers around for some? We've been able to turn it around because we understand that uh, the, the the what's directly linked to recidivism is uh, lack of housing, lack of employment, uh, lack of opportunity. 
And we try to provide all of those things. Uh, everybody can't be an entrepreneur like Bobby, but we'll connect them with felon friendly em- employers. Everybody, uh, you know, has different things and different uh, challenges they face when they come out. Some some people have a home to go to. Some people don't. Some people uh, uh, need food. Some people need clothing. Uh, they need an interview suit. They need to be briefed in terms of uh, how to use a smartphone. People take that for granted. Bobby was away for 26 years. Te- and I, I'm sure he'll agree. Technology has changed drastically in 26 years. So those are some of the things that we familiarize them with and connect them with not only our resources, but uh, resources in the extended community. Bobby, what has been your experience so far uh, working with the Community Action Agency of St. Louis County? Well, it's been great. Um, like resources that uh, I, I'm in touch with a lot of people because I got a nonprofit also where we get a single mothers in need. And the things that they that we can't give, we just refer them to the um, Community Action Agency to get those resources because we don't have them. We're just a new nonprofit. So I refer people there, they use their resources. Uh, the, the entrepreneurship class where I can save um, a dollar for every dollar I match, they they match me three dollars. I started that bank account, so they got all type of programs that you can use to help us food, clothing for people returning citizens and for other people that need it in the community. So I just been partnering with them and sending people their way for the things that my nonprofit don't have, and I use the few resources that I need that they got. So it's great that they doing what they doing in St. Louis County. How many books have you written? There's a stack uh, for those who are who are listening to us. There's a stack of one, two, three, four, five. Oh, yeah, there's just five of them, but I wrote uh, 15 altogether. It, really? Uh, yeah, only seven of them published on Amazon right now. The other eight, I started my own LLC two weeks ago. I'm going to put the other eight out to my own publishing company. But for all the listeners, my books are available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold and in the St. Louis County, St. Louis City Public Libraries. I hate to have you pick one. Can you can you give us one that jumps out above the others? Oh, yeah. One that jumps out above the other is called Dear Mama. That's my mother, Life Story. And the second favorite one of mine is called Life Goes On to Prison. I spent 25 years in prison, 27 years in total. Um, half of was, uh, the first two was in the county jail, I mean city jail, and the last 25 was in prison. So I just took all my experiences that I learned from prison and wrote about it so people that never been to prison can get an understanding of it. And prisons relate to this book, too, because it's telling their own story. But people that never been to prison should know what goes on with citizens that are sent to prison because we all, 85% of us to get out and come back to the societies where, where everybody lives. So people should know what happened to us when we get sent away, and I wrote this book for that purpose. Well, I do want to know what it's like, um, and I do want to know what you would say to your 16-year-old self and, and James Ingram, what is working and what isn't to transform the lives of people uh, like Bobby Bostick. And where is Judge Evelyn Baker? Oh, here she comes. I see her now. We're going to take a break and come back and talk more with Bobby Bostick, who is now out. Uh, he's got a mes- message for Governor Parson regarding clemency and a message for those who are listening to us now about how to turn lives around. We'll continue our conversation coming up next on KMOX. It's 920. This is Total Information AM on KMOX with Carol Daniel. I'm Tom Ackerman. Let's reintroduce everyone in the studio. We continue our conversation with Bobby Bostic, now 44. Uh, released from prison last November after being sentenced to 241 years as a 16-year-old 
1995. Retired Judge Evelyn Baker, who sentenced him and worked to get him released. And we have James Ingram, who works with the Prison Reentry Program with the Community Action Agency of St. Louis County. Their phone number is 314-446-4431. 314-446-4431. Judge Baker, thank you so much for your um, intention of being here and making sure that you got in into the studio. Thank you. You're welcome. Again, I apologize for being late. No worries at all. Um, I'm directly challenged. I am too. So that so we have that in common, Judge. <laughs> uh, you you supported Bobby's release. Talk to us about when you first changed your mind uh, about the sentence that you gave him and why. Actually, it started with a a Supreme Court case in terms of brain development and uh, our treatment of youthful offenders. And I realized, wait a second, I got one of those kids. And I was sure Bobby, under that ruling, was going to be released, except our attorney general said that uh, Bobby wasn't sentenced to a life sentence. He just got 241 years, which is probably a little bit more than a life sentence because life in Missouri uh, max is a life with parole is a a 30-year sentence or that's what it was at the time. So I think Bobby got a few times more than than that. And uh, so I'm sure he's going to get out. Our attorney general, you know, insisted that Bobby was not sentenced to life, but rather to 241 years. And the U.S. Supreme Court denied cert. So then I'm thinking, okay, I had no idea what to do until I got the call from the ACLU, and I said, I'm on board. Anything and everything I can do to help, I will, because it's time for him to come home. It seems like we don't see judges and prosecutors and law enforcement often admit that they got it wrong, if you will, um, or that something should change in the criminal justice system. It's been a battle to change the criminal justice system. Are there other aspects of the system that you you think we should change at this point? Oh, there are many aspects. Mm -hmm. I knew it was a loaded question. Okay. You know, if you look at modern zoos, they're taking animals out of cages and putting them into a habitat that resembles where they grow, mm-hmm. come from. We're still putting human beings in cages like animals. We know for a fact that the more skills someone gets while incarcerated, the more education they get while incarcerated, the less likely they are to reoffend and go back into the uh, penal system. We also used to have a time in this country in which it was called, you paid your debt to society. Now a conviction is a life sentence because it's always there. The debt is never paid. You know, there is a time in the state of Missouri in which People, I've met some of these people, got PhDs while incarcerated. Mm-hmm. There are people who came out as master carpenters, plumbers, electricians, brick masons, stone masons, you know, yeah, 
chefs, bakers, I mean, they came out with a skill that would translate into employment, that they could take care of themselves and their families. We're not doing that anymore. Anymore at all? There's no real rehabilitation in prison? I think the only rehabilitation that takes place in prison is what someone does for himself or herself. We don't rehabilitate people. People rehabilitate themselves in very strange and difficult circumstances. It's like this young man, Bobby. In all honesty, I didn't really think about the 241 years because I figured Bobby was going to be dead within five. You did? Why did you think that? Because of his attitude and demeanor. And I didn't know then that he was being a 16-year-old who didn't want to admit that he was scared. So he had to appear to be really tough, which came across as being sociopathic. But, Bobby, how do you think or what do you think is the answer to addressing crime by teenagers these days? Um, the, the answer is giving them opportunities and resources because, as she said, um, in the courtroom, uh, instead of us taking, this is typically what happens, like with me, and I know my other peers too, when we go in the courtroom, we got an attitude because we feel like our lawyers is not on our side. We feel like the whole system is against us. So we, we got this demeanor where it makes it look like we are remorseful, but inside we are, but we don't express it. So on our side, it's like we look like hardened, like we hardened, but Technically, we still children, so those kids need resources. And uh, my life passion is giving back, helping kids not um, do the things I did because they can be reached. They're not hopeless. Like we look at the news this weekend, they said it was 149 court deaths in the last week, and most of that was you. That, those are statistics, though. It's, it's, it's something behind statistics. Uh, People. Yeah, statistics never tell the whole story, so we need to see – what's going on with those youth, why they out here. And uh, I address that in my books, uh, online curriculum. I go into the juveniles to talk to the youth. It's people like me that was part of the problem that got the solution because uh, as a juvenile, I didn't want to listen to nobody who 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 wasn't from where I was from or never experienced where I experienced. So somebody with a Ph.D. or uh, whatever degree they got, a bachelor's degree in social work, they never experienced my level of poverty or what I go through in the streets. So I, I was automatically uh, rebelling against them. So it's people like me that went through their struggle and lived and they walked in their shoes that they will listen to. Not all of them, but it just made common sense to tell them that you don't have to be out of still in the car. You can just work a, a five or six months and build your credit up and get your own car. Uh, you can just be not a hustler but become an entrepreneur. So we got to teach them how to – transfer those negative skill sets they're using to some positive. And that can change the whole time because the kids are the future. No matter what we say, how lost this generation is, they said that about our generation and the generation before me because uh, my parents was more wild than their parents. They felt like that generation was lost. Now those people are state senators, um, lawmakers, representatives, accountants, whatever. They, they Now they're in control of society. These little kids we see, they're going to be in control of society. It's just like uh, some of them going to be CEOs, some of them going to be millionaires, uh, some of them going to be dead, some of them going to be in prison, but more of them can be reached, and we can't just um, put statistics on TV and just say this is what these kids are become because they're more than that. They're our future. 
you want to read a little bit and before we before we um, say goodbye from your book, Life Goes On Inside Prison. Bobby Bostic, would you read a little bit of that? I want to read a little bit from my book, Life Goes On Inside Prison. Um, this section is called A Conviction Designed for Greatness. When a person is convicted of a crime, greatness is the last thing on their mind. Freedom is what they are thinking about constantly. But in time, they come to realize that freedom is a state of mind. So they begin to pursue mental freedom. Through this quest, a prisoner come to see that prison is not their greatest burden. Via their studies, they come to see that the truly free are people that are great or at least striving for greatness. Thus, a seed is born. From the depths of the dirt, the convicted person starts striving for their own greatness. It is from the lowest of depths that the greatest have risen. That's even true for people in prison. Um, statistics show that uh, a lot of people in society all got a family member in prison or know somebody that knows somebody in prison. So when people go to prison, we shouldn't write them off because a lot of people are addicted to drugs or whatever. But before they became addicted to drugs, we need to know who they is, that person that they was before they came addicted to drugs. So we need to try to help those people, not abandon them and just um, seek treatment and not prison. And rehabilitation starts within. The system can't rehabilitate the man. The man must rehabilitate himself. But we got to get those guys something to be rehabilitated for so they can come out here, have something to live for, and help um, help um, build up the communities they help destroy. James, what do you think about that? What should we do? I, Bobby's spot on in terms of what he's saying uh, and the perception about uh, justice-involved individuals. I taught a curriculum inside of the uh, Justice Center for eight years both men and women. And uh, as he's saying, uh, you know, the, the, the odds of, of becoming successful are overwhelming. He he did exactly what you need to do in order to be successful. Uh, he he referred to the, uh, the the attorneys inside and the skepticism that they have. They used to refer to them, Bobby, as uh, uh, public pretenders. That's what they call them. Not they, public defenders. Public pretenders but... because they see they have they have such an overwhelming caseload to defend and they can't give them an adequate defense. So they become cynical that they're going to ever have an opportunity to be free or to be represented in the proper manner. So he took advantage of all of the things, and the judge also referred to it. Education is the, is the key to getting out, furthering uh, oneself through education, through gaining skills. Everyone doesn't want to have a degree like Bobby uh, has. They may want to be have trades, as the judge referred to. But uh, if they take advantage of those things and they get out and they reach out immediately, as Bobby did, to, uh, to, to uh, entities like Community Action Agency of St. Louis County, uh, they, they have, a, they have a, 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 a step ahead uh, or, or a degree of, uh, of opportunity more to be successful than those who just uh, are cynical and say the system has uh, kept me down and there's no way that I'm going to be successful. So uh, Bobby was spot on in terms of uh, his perception of uh, – what you need to do in order to be successful. That is James Ingram with the Community Action Agency of St. Louis County and a columnist of St. Louis American, Bobby Bostic. One last word. Oh, one last word. Um, it's true that there's a lot of crime happening out here. So they're all victims. So we don't want to paint the picture of their own victims because, like, when you steal somebody's car, their insurance rate go up. Uh, all this is hurting society. So this would need to be explained to them kids that their mother can't take her kids to school because you stole her car, you crashed the car. So we recognize all victims. Um, we don't take nothing from that. And I, I created a curriculum called Wade. What about the victims' emotions? So we is out here teaching these kids and, and these uh, offenders what you're doing. It, it does harm society. You you creating real victims 
Um, when your mother car, your auntie car getting stolen, then you understand how, when it hits home. So we are explaining to these uh, little kids or offenders, when you are taking people's stuff, there are consequences to that. It's going to hurt you more in the end because you're going to have to pay a $10,000 bond for whatever you stole. It's not worth it. So crime don't pay. So we are teaching people about what the victims go through and how hard it is on society when you uh, commit these type of crimes. Bobby Bostick, retired Judge Evelyn Baker, James Ingram, thank you for being with us on KMOX today. We very much appreciate it. Again, the number for Community Action Agency of St. Louis County is 314-446-4431. Donate, 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 donate. Can I just say one quick thing? Yes, please. Quick thinking. For those who watch Bobby doing these giveaways every week that he's doing, there are people out here who have resources to donate to him. He's coming out of pocket to do these things, and there are people that are far more blessed who can bless him and bless the larger community by donating to the efforts that efforts that he's involved in. He's very humble with it, but I told him, no, we need to reach out to people. Thank you so much. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 